Om Gyanatmi Randhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruvenamaha Sannyasis who first consider that the body is subject to death, when it will be transformed into stool, worms or ashes, but who again give importance to the body and glorify it as the self, are to be considered the greatest rascals. A sannyasi is one who has clearly understood through advancement in knowledge that Brahman, he, the person himself, is the soul, not the body. One who has this understanding may take sannyas, for he is situated in the aham brahmasmi position. Brahma-bhūta Such a person who no longer laments nor hankers to maintain his body, and who can accept all living entities as spirit souls, and then enter the devotional service of the Lord. If one does not enter the devotional service of the Lord, but artificially considers himself Brahman or Narayana, not perfectly understanding that the soul and body are different, one suddenly falls down, such a person again gives importance to the body. There are many sannyasis in India who stress the importance of the body. Some of them give special importance to the body of the poor man, accepting him as Daridra Narayana, as if Narayana had a material body. Many other sannyasis stress the importance of the social position of the body as a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or Shudra. Such sannyasis are considered the greatest rascals, asattamaha. They are shameless because they have not yet understood the difference between the body and the soul, and instead have accepted the body of a brahmana to be a brahmana. Brahmanism, brahmanya, consists of the knowledge of brahman, but actually the body of a brahman is not brahman. Similarly, the body is neither rich nor poor, if the body of a poor man were Dharidra Narayan, this would mean that the body of a rich man, on the contrary, must be Dhani Narayan. Therefore, sannyasis who do not know the meaning of Narayan, those who regard the body as Brahman or as Narayan, are described here as Asattamaha, the most abominable rascals. Following the bodily concept of life, such sannyasis make various programs to serve the body. They conduct farcical missions consisting of so-called religious activities meant to mislead all of human society. These sannyasis have been described herein as apattapaha and asatamaha, shameless and fallen from spiritual life. This chapter, and actually this whole section of Bhagavatam, is on the topic, Instructions for Civilized Human Beings. To understand a subject means to understand its visheshta, its specialty. And to understand what is the special characteristic that distinguishes it from others, we also have to compare it with that which it is not. So, positive and negative aspects. Positive aspects which belong to that thing or phenomenon and that which it doesn't possess. 
Not really anukul. Positive aspect? At least in Sanskrit, it wouldn't mean that. What happens is, in the diction, there's more than one meaning of a word, and then they take it and use it in the wrong context. And it has a Just like you were going to translate, a miss is as good as a mile, and miss you are going to take for a young lady. But it means to miss the target. Anyway. So here is being discussed sannyasis who have fallen from the position of sannyas. This is not instruction specific, this is not civilized. This is uncivilized. So why is it being described in the chapter on instructions for civilized human beings? It's being discussed to understand what is the actual position of sannyas by differentiating it from that which it is not. People often misinterpret. Just like in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Yatichasitatakuru, um, he tells Arjuna, you do according to your wish. And some people take it to say, yes, you see, Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, you do whatever you like. But they don't take it in context, that if you do what you like independently of Krishna, then you have to suffer in material way. Ya shastra vidhi mutsrija vartate kama karataha nasa siddhima vapnoti nasukam na param vatin. Know the verse? That uh, those who act independently and whimsically without following shastric injunctions, they can attain neither siddhi nor suk na parangati. Now here is described about sannyas. Sannyas is only accepted in civilized society. Civilized society actually means Varnashram society. And within Varnashram society, the topmost position in terms of Varnas and Ashrams is that of the sannyas. Varnashram is the interface between material and spiritual life. It is a system which is meant for regulating material activities in such a way that one may be elevated to spiritual life. In one purport, Srila Prabhupada stated that the whole purpose of the Varnashram system is to help us to become free from sex desire. So sannyas is the position of being free from sex desire or at least if not totally in control of sex desire, at least, that the de- in other words, the desires may come, but has enough strength of mind to control those desires and not act according to them. As Lord Krishna mentions in Bhagavad Gita, a person who is not disturbed by the desires which enter the mind, just like rivers, ocean, mighty rivers enter the ocean, but the ocean is not disturbed. So such a person can attain peace, not one who strives to fulfill the desires. So desires may enter the mind, 
One who does not act on those desires, he is fit for taking sannyas. How is that possible? When one realizes that everything in this material world is meaningless and temporary and my real relationship is with Krishna, then one can actually become renounced from material attraction. So who should take sannyas? Everyone should take sannyas. But, 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 everyone shouldn't take sannyas. One should take sannyas who can maintain that position. Now it's stated in Shastra that as soon as one has the consciousness of, of, of being detached from this material world, he should immediately take sannyas. As soon as this understanding that this material body, what is its future? Here it's stated, vit krimi bhasmavat. The body may become stool, insects, or ashes. change course in the middle of a sentence. Just like the Parsis, they have a system of deposing, of disposing of the dead body. They have a high tower and they put the dead body there and the vultures come and eat it. Yeah, the only one making any noise are the vultures. So, in that case, the dead body becomes vulture stool. Not even Brahman stool. Vulture stool. Or, if the body is buried, then instead of the vultures having a feast, the worms have a feast. The body turns, is, nourishes the bodies of insects. Or in civilized society, the body is burned. That's why sometimes they ask, why? You're saying you have this very old civilization in India, then why there's no, we don't find any dead bodies? Because they burn them, because they're civilized. <laughs> this stupid idea of making big graveyards, taking up so much space and it's full of ghosts. <laughs> Ridiculous idea. So, this is the future of the body. The young people are thinking, what will I be in future? Computer engineer, space pilot, company manager, what will I be in future? Well, we can tell you that if you are thinking of body, then you will become vit krimi bhasmavat. Your PhD, MSc, head of company, famous, whatever, will end up as stool, insects, or ashes. Yesterday we visited the home of a Telugu gentleman living in Velo. So he's a relatively rich man and in his house he had next there separate bedroom for husband, wife and only daughter and attached to the each bedroom was a dressing room in which they, they, there's cones and lipsticks and all kind, different kinds of towels and four kinds of air freshener and all kinds of things for dressing up the body. <laughs> I saw in my childhood, I had four sisters and so much of their life was sitting in front of a mirror, combing their hair, putting on makeup and all these kinds of things. Very important part of life, dressing up the body. But it will become 
Krimi Basmavat. You should have understood what that is now. So, you can just, so understanding this, one should think, what is this life? And just become free of material attachments. So why doesn't everyone just take sannyas? Why in Iskand do we have a rule that you have to go through so many procedures before taking sannyas? In the verse previous to this has been mentioned the word vantashi. That means one who vomits and then looks at the vomit and says, that looks pretty good and eats it. <laughs> That's not very civilized. But it has been seen within our society. Persons become inspired to take sannyas considering the temporality of this body and the eternality of the soul. Temporality means temporary nature, opposite of eternality. But then again become attached to material life. In this purport, Srila Prabhupada is condemning those Mayavadi sannyasis who have institutionalized a materialistic understanding of sannyas, in which they're encouraging bodily concept of life without naming a certain rascal who had no vivek. Um, there's one rascal being referred to in this report. Vivek means to discriminate, particularly means to discriminate between spirit and matter. But a certain so-called sannyasi recommended eat more meat because it's good for the body. The body will become more strong. He was saying, I heard that this Vivekahin Swami had said you should eat meat and I had Sri Giridhari and he contacted Ramakrishna Mishra and they gave him the quote. I tell you, eat more meat. It will be good for you. You can become more strong. So it's not necessarily true that you become strong by eating meat. I mean, I, this body was brought up by eating meat. Look at it. It's pretty, not very strong, is it? <laughs> Whereas the elephant is a vegetarian. Anyway, we're not so much interested in the body. We're interested in what is actual atma. So, sannyasi is supposed to be on the platform of atma gyan. And therefore, it's fit to take sannyas. Because as long as one does not have atma gyan, then he will be become attached to anatma, that which is not spiritual, namely the body and everything in connection with it. So that's why we don't recommend that everyone take sannyas immediately. Because one may have a sense of vairagya, no non-attachment. But that may turn out to be smashan vairagya. When you go to the samsham, as it's called in Hindi, go to the smashan, your mother died, your father died, something like this. And then you see the body is burning and you think, what is this like? Everything simply ends like this. And you feel a sense of detachment. This body that I'm spending three hours in front of a mirror every day to make it look nice, it's going to end up getting burned. So one feels a strong sense of detachment from material life. But then you come away from the smashan and there's 
little meeting of all the relatives and they say, Oh, how are you? I didn't meet you for a long time. How's everything? Oh, your little daughter, what standard is she in? And you forget all about the Vairagya and you become <laughs> completely in Maya again. That's why there's a system of Varnashram. Because actually everyone should take sannyas. He's telling them, they should all immediately take sannyas. No. But not anyone is fit. So there is a system by which one can become gradually detached. Brahmacharya, Grihastha, Vanaprastha, Sanyas. The idea is that one should become gradually detached from material life. It may seem that Grihastha life isn't very favorable for becoming detached. But if it's properly followed, then that should help one to progress towards the Vanaprastha stage and Sanyas stage. And as Lord Krishna certifies in Bhagavad Gita, to be uh, an a honest, responsible Grihastha is, is better than being an uh, indulgent so-called Sanyasi. So it has to be seen according to the individual what is their best situation for their advancement. Understanding that we are all meant to become fully attached to Krishna. And that is possible or that or a symptom of full attachment to Krishna is full detachment from that which is Krishnetara, conceived of as being not in relationship with Krishna. In other words, detachment from this material world. So everyone is meant for that, but everyone is at different levels. Krishna consciousness is not a race or a competition. I have to show, I'm ahead of you. If one wants to accept sannyas just to show I'm better than you, then from the beginning it's not sannyas. From the beginning it's accepted on the wrong basis and one will not be able to sustain. Now, Prabhupada made many sannyasis and most of them did not maintain their vows. Now, many biographical works on Srila Prabhupada are gradually being published. We have Srila Prabhupada Elamrita, which is quite big if you see the six volumes. That, that, but, but even that is only an overview of Prabhupada's pastimes. There are so many details. So in one book, um, I read Vrindavan Days, that's by the now departed from this world godbrother of ours, Hayagriva Prabhu. So he described how one devotee, 19 years old, had been in the movement about two years, came out to Prabhupada and asked for sannyas. Prabhupada said, all right, you can take sannyas. And with, with very quickly, just gave him sannyas. Maybe in those days our devotees were very idealistic. <laughs> Experience has taught us to be realistic also. What is the samanvai between idealism and realism? The ideal is we should all be completely Krishna conscious and completely detached from this world. But realistically, we are trying to be Krishna conscious, but Maya is still there. She didn't go on holiday. She didn't retire. 
So you may think it's very idealistic of a young man, 19 years old, with with no. I mean, in the Madhva Sampradaya, they have, the, but they have so much background of culture, and they have this Bal Sanyas, but they have so much background of culture, and they see astrologically who's getting born in such a family anyway. It means by the arrangement of the demigods, the uh, very elevated souls may be born in such a family. But someone coming from completely different kind of background. How the, what confidence they have to control their desires for the whole of the rest of their life. We may ask that why did Prabhupada give sannyas to such young men? Did Prabhupada really think that they could maintain their vows? Considering the nature of the modern world, especially, it's so sinful. Well, one thing is Prabhupada he, were, he expected the people who took sannyas to be serious about it. He expected everyone to take to Krishna consciousness seriously. Prabhupada, one time they were discussing devotees who, chant their, who don't chant 16 rounds after initiation. Prabhupada said, they're not devotees, they're animals. Because they gave a vow, and if they don't follow, that means they're not a human being. Because a human being can make a vow, an animal cannot. So... Prabhupada expected Grihastas to follow their vows. At one point, Prabhupada saw so many of his, he had young women disciples unmarried, and so many of them were sick all the time. And Prabhupada analyzed what is the problem? They're not married, as a psychological basis. So Prabhupada came to this conclusion. He said, Okay, you marry this one. You, he said to the young, you marry this one, is that okay? You marry this one. Yeah, but, but, but next day, next day, got them all married. They conducted three marriages the next day. This we get from all these different books, you can see. So, you may say, well, that was, you know, pretty quick. You didn't have much time to think about it. But Prabhupada expected the devotees to be serious about that. It's not that well, easy come, easy go. There's a saying in English. You put it, you make it easily, and then you break it easily. But uh, many did not. Many sannyasis and grihastas in our society have not maintained their vows. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sartako has made seven comments at the end of the chapter describing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's rejection of Chota Haridas. That why was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so harsh that he gave a virtual death sentence to Chota Haridas for the slight apparat of him having some slight sexual deviation, not even physical. So Srila Bhaktisthansasar Thakur commented, one of the reasons is that because if there is, if the leaders of spiritual society, the, the acharyas and the sannyasis, if they don't follow their vows, then this will cause um, chaos and within Vaishnav society. Acharya means one who teaches by example. So, if... Acharya, or one in that position, becomes Duracharya, 
then, then it becomes a very bad example for the rest of society. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Apiche sudurachara bhajate mamananya bhag sadhureva samantadya. That even if, if one is fully committed to serving Krishna, but due to some bad habit, commits some abominable activity, but if his intention is to go on preserving Krishna, then he's to be considered a sadhu, not a sadhu. So, someone who is an acharya but doesn't properly represent that position, still if they go on serving Krishna, we can accept, yes, devotee. But there's a difficulty with that also, that people think that, well, it's okay, he can do and he went on, so I can also do. And we're practically seeing that. One of my, I don't know, you can say disciple, at least I initiated him. Um, he went back to the country he's from in Europe and made a liaison with the wife of another devotee and he's living with her. She's not living with her husband anymore. Animal life. And the devotees there, they don't accept them to come in, in their meetings or anything. And they're saying, well, what's the problem, you know? So many people do like that. Because even the one of the leaders there, actually he was initiating Guru, he did that, the same thing with one of his disciples. So now people are saying, so what's wrong? It's okay, everything's all right. Guru does, then we can also do. In other words, they've introduced the animal life in the name of Krishna consciousness. You might think I shouldn't say these things, but these are realities in our society. And don't think it's not going to come to India. It's coming. Everything is coming. All the degradation is coming. Because we're not able to, I mean, I'm able, but others are not able to say that this is sinful life, this is wrong. No one from our ISKCON official side, no one said anything against this. And now devotees say, well, it's okay, you can do. Because something may be written in Shastra, but they look to see what are the persons doing. The Guru has to be embodiment of Shastra. If the Guru doesn't... Ah, what is that? Achinoti Shastrani Acharya Stapyatyapi Swayam Achrate Yasmat Acharya Stenakirtitaha Acharya means one who knows what is Shastra, one who lives by Shastra, one who teaches by Shastra. So if an Acharya or one who has accepted that position acts in a manner different to Shastra, and then it creates confusion. Either he, he should say, I'm wrong, or if he doesn't say I'm wrong, then he's saying that indirectly that Shastra is wrong. And that's what's going on. And now people, they don't... So many of our own devotees, they don't care. It's in the book. Oh, it's just in the book. They become, In other words, they're becoming atheists due to the misbehavior of some of our leaders. Vedna Maniya Bodhoito Nasti. The the Buddhists are considered atheists because they don't accept Shastra. So there are many 
colorful theories floating around our society at the present time, just like, well, we accept what Prabhupada said about spiritual things, but we don't accept what he said about material things, because, you know, he's just another human being. They say. They have to. Otherwise, how are you going to introduce feminism, homosexual marriages? You have to go against Shastra and Guru. So Prabhupada is in this purport speaking against those who have institutional, in the name of sannyas, they have institutionalized atheism. We have to be very careful in our own society, we don't do the same thing. Now you're all very enthusiastically distributing Prabhupada's books. Why are you doing that? Well, there may be various reasons, but the, 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 how we, can we sustain book distribution over so many years? We have some devotees like Vijay Prabhu, they're distributing books. So many, all their life, they're going on and on. They're able to do because they have full faith that this is the absolute truth, which is the only benefit for human society. If we don't have that conviction, then why should we distribute? When we understand that this materialistic society is totally misled, and that people need Prabhupada's books, then we'll want to distribute them, and we'll go on and on doing so. But if we think it's just some writings of some person who was quite good, but got some things good, but, you know, some things not quite right. <laughs> if we think like that, then uh, we ourselves won't want to follow, nor will we want to make others follow. Then we'll be more interested, instead of teaching Bhagavad Gita as it is, we'll be more interested in teaching mundane psychology and sociology and changing the message of Bhagavad Gita to fit the modern psychological theories and so many bogus things. And we may want to, we may think, well, Prabhupada, you know, it's too heavy, like this, the last words of this purport, shameless and fallen from spiritual life, and we may think, well, that's not very nice. As soon as we start trying to measure this is right, this is not right, then we are, we are, shameless and fallen from spiritual life. We have to accept Shastra in the same way, Shastra and Guru in the same way that Arjuna accepted Krishna's words in Bhagavad Gita. Sarva metad vritam manye yam maam vadasi keshava. O Keshav, I accept fully everything that you say. So, we should go forward in Krishna consciousness according to our present stage of advancement, carefully with proper guidance, with full faith in Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, that these are our guides. By following this, we can attain all perfection. But we have to be very, very careful of the cheating mentality by which in the name of, of spiritual life, we reconvert it back into material life. Just like the Christians, they keep the picture of Jesus hanging on the cross and they say, we believe in Jesus and they just do whatever they like without caring anything that Jesus says. We believe in Jesus. Prabhupada once in Hyderabad, he was walking with some of his disciples, he said, that then what's, what's wrong with Christianity? What's the problem? And devotees were giving different suggestions. They eat meat and they don't. So they gave different suggestions. I said, no, no, no. What's, what's, the, what's the basic problem? 
in so-called modern modern so-called Christianity. And then one devotee offered the suggestion, well, they don't follow Christ, Prabhupada said, that's the problem. They say we are Christian, but they don't follow Christ. What is the meaning? It's hypocrisy. So, we should be very careful of this mentality also, that we Jai Prabhupada, Jai Prabhupada, picture on the wall, and we don't follow anything he says. Or we follow what we want of what he says, and we don't, we don't like half a chicken, we, we don't follow. We should know what Prabhupada says. Prabhupada said, if you want to know me, read my books. One of our godbrothers claims that Prabhupada speaks to him and gives so many directions, what to do, this, that, the other. But Prabhupada, he, he already told how we can keep in contact with him after his apparent departure from this world. When a journalist asked Prabhupada, what will happen to this movement when you die? Prabhupada replied, I will never die, I will live forever in my books. So, it's not that just Prabhupada, it's Prabhupada speaking to all of us if we're ready to hear. But that means without personal interpretation. Some devotees, they have this theory that, well, don't think what Prabhupada said at that time, think what he would say now. <laughs> When they introduced the feminism bill, that's what they, that was the basis on which they said. He said, Prabhupada said this, Prabhupada said this, and he said, well, you know, what would Prabhupada say now? And then just they threw out everything Prabhupada said and introduced this women's rights bill. So uh, this is very dangerous. That just opens up the whole world of speculation. So we should take very seriously what Prabhupada said. Sometimes devotees say time, place and circumstance. When you hear someone say time, place and circumstance, you know this is an excuse to avoid everything that Shastra has ever given us and just do whatever you like. It's a cheating process. So here in these verses, the cheating of pretending to be a sannyasi but not following is condemned. But this cheating propensity is one of the four materialistic propensities that keeps us tied in material life. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, it is better to be born millions of times in the species of worms, insects and lower creatures than to be a hypocrite. So, sometimes devotees say, well, you know, we're trying to be Krishna conscious, we have so many material desires. Okay, it's understood we have material desires. It's, to have material desires doesn't mean necessarily that one's a hypocrite. But to uh, misuse one's position or to cultivate material desires in the name of Krishna consciousness and to twist Shastra to do so, that is hypocrisy. Is there any question about this? You may think this is not proper to say, but the thing is, these things are all in our movement. And just like, you know, without consulting anyone, they just immediately brought in some rule that women can be town presidents and gurus and all these things. So it's something we have to live with. And every devotee has to live with. So we should know, actually. That's my, I didn't used to speak these things publicly, but now I do. 
because we're living in a movement which doesn't they're not they're not committed to following Prabhupada's instructions yeah, yeah I have a question the person is the person whom you said by eating meat because probably by eating meat he has a strong body yeah was he a meat eater? who Vivekahin Swami? yeah yeah sure he was it's right there in his autobiography he was sitting in America and he was at some place and they were they were having meat and they said Swami you won't eat this will you and they said but isn't it all one everything's all one and he said I thought about it it was right and I said okay give it to me also and there's something else he describes that he was in Rajamandal and then uh, he saw some chandal using the hookah and then uh, he walked past and then he thought well why should I hate the chandal and he went back and said hey let me use the hookah also he said well you can't use my hookah you know this chillum something like that hubble bubble no not necessarily ganja you can smoke tobacco with that also I saw many times in Bengal people smoke tobacco with that makes it cool <laughs> so uh, then Swami you know, the Chandal didn't want to give he said no how can I give I'm a Chandal you're a sannyas wasn't on the point of whether or not you should take tobacco it was on the point that I'm from a low background and Swami Vivek sorry whatever his name was said that uh, no no you are me and I am you and we are all one and so and he demonstrated his oneness with all living beings by using the hookah used by a chandal. So these people are very simple. Prabhupada, this whole purpose against this rascal mission. They conduct farcical missions consisting of so-called religious activities meant to mislead all of human society. In the Bhagavad Gita as it is, he also says, there is, a, there is a mission in which they propagate worshipping of demigods as, as being, worshipping of all the demigods is all the same. There is a mission, Prabhupada says. Which mission? <laughs> we know. That's a lot. Anyway. So I think some people, they don't, they're not bonafide. Uh, they, uh, Only some. <laughs> 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 Pretty much everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they, sometimes they chant this uh, last name of the Vedic Sukriti. They do. Yeah, they get, it depends on their attitude. Just like um, smarters traditionally chant Vishnu Sahasranam. And many of them also. You want to translate that question first of all? Those who are not in Vaishnava understanding but who chant Harinam, do they get Sukriti? And my reply is that it, it depends on their attitude. Traditionally, Smartas, many of them used to chant Vishnu Sahasranam and Vinkatish Suprabhatam and all this kind of thing. So they are. Chanting, but they're, they're thinking that Vishnu is one of the devatas, one of the leading devatas, 
And by especially they chant thinking we will get free from sin by doing so. So actually it's offensive. So they may get some material sukriti, but along with that they have to take the results of their offense. Actual chanting, when it's mentioned Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, this Kirtan doesn't mean somehow or other opening your mouth and making the sound. Before Kirtan in the, becomes Shravan, and Shravan means to hear from pure devotees. Without Shravan there is no actual Kirtan. It's not, actually, it's not actually Krishna Kirtan. Kirtan means to glorify. And if we're thinking that Narayan, he's also like one of us, then that's not Kirtan. So without Sambandha Gyan, there's no actual spiritual life. You may say, well, they're glorifying him, but that glorification is actually Aparad. Just like... Um, one of, what was it? One of the presidents of India was from a very backward community, Narayan or something his name was. Or Devi Gauda was from some backward community, is it? So if we say Devi, at the time we say, oh, he's the which community? Devi Gauda. Or we say, let's just say outcast. So if we say, or if we walk up to him and say, oh, you are the best of the outcasts. So is that glorifying him? He's supposed to be in a position beyond. President of India means he's, you shouldn't judge him according to his caste. But if you say like that, it may sound like glorification, but it's not. So if we think Narayan is the best of the, praise him, you are the best of the demigods. <laughs> That's not glorification. It's ascribing a lower position to him than he actually has. So we should know what is kirtan. First there has to be hearing. One may follow celibacy for his full life because he is devoted to that ashram and rules and regulations. But the still the desires are existing. How can we understand this? Yeah, desires may go on, but if we have the determination to follow and especially to serve Krishna, that's the main point of being a brahmacharya, a sannyasi, or even a grihasta, is to serve Krishna. So desires may be there, but Krishna will see what we are doing, to, what is our sincere desire to serve Him. And so we have heard, it's a well-known story that one devotee said to Prabhupada, that we're distributing your books, but all the time we have to talk to non-devotees, and we, we get influenced by their association, and how can we remember Krishna at the time of death? So Prabhupada said, if you distribute my books throughout your life, then at the time of death, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will come and personally take you back to... They don't need, what do they need the translation for? They are. <laughs> No, they can all understand. No, you should just keep simultaneous translation in the corner for four or five. Then I can. Then you'll get double your money's worth, isn't it? You get you get more for the same time. Money's worth. I mean, I'm not. It's not paid performance. Um.
So why don't you all do that? You may have so many this desire, that desire. You can just stay here and distribute books all your life and go back to Godhead. So why think of anything else? You just you can do it. The mind says this and the mind says that and the mind says this and that and this and that. You just go on serving and go to Krishna and so No other desire. Just do this. Another time Prabhupada devotee asked him that, well, can we really go back to Godhead in this life? Prabhupada said, we're making so many efforts distributing these books and preaching and making all arrangements for others to go back to Godhead and then we won't, of course we will. One of Prabhupada's godbrothers passed away recently. He was a few years ago. So he was giving a lecture in a public place and it's talking about Harinam Mahima. And then the end someone asked, is it really true that you can go to Vaikuntha by chanting Harinam? It's doubtful. So he said, certainly, we will definitely, we will definitely go, not only to Vaikuntha, we shall go to Golok by Harinam. And he became very excited and he was very old and he went to Golok, just like that. <laughs> Sorry. What did you say? One question. <laughs> because Prabhupada uh, is so much clear in the purpose, he says when we keep on pushing the books out and doing, then we can establish this movement in the world. But I was shocked to see when the world sanction newsletter on the website, there is a password. Because some of the work is not like our deals, that's why one word or password can see the world saying it is not the shocked. Then write one of your letters <laughs> to Mayapur Shashi. Otherwise, it comes in the uh, automatically comes on the in the book distribution seminar on com. You can write to Mayapur Shashi. He's the one who does it. There may be some reason that it may be some people may misuse that information. Different governments, this that. I don't know. They, I, they probably have some reason. I mean, my poor Shashi was the one who... The Sangitan newsletter stopped for some time at one point, and he was the one who revived it, and has been keeping it going for the last so many years. So it's not that he's... Again, no one, you know, no one pays him to do it. <laughs> you know, the Christian of that website, you know, Yes, so you write a... Write one, you're a good letter writer, so write one of your letters, I suggest. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.